Amen. Well, good morning. I want to add my welcome to those of you who are new here this morning, whether you're in person or online. My name is Alex, and uh, we're just delighted if you're joining us here for the very first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What we are all about is connecting, connecting people to God, connecting people to each other, so together we can engage our world for good. We hope you experience a little bit of all those things here this morning, especially if you're visiting here with us. This is week six of our Living Supernaturally series. Uh, we're pressing into something that's new ground for many of us. Uh, that is, what does it mean that Jesus invites us to live supernaturally. Week one, we looked at what was likely Jesus' very first teaching, where he declares that he's been sent to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Not just one 12-month period, but an era, a new king and a new kingdom that will never end because Jesus' death and resurrection, the kingdom of God's favor, open 24-7, year-round. God's favor is available to you. Wouldn't the year of the Lord's favor be a great title of your 2023? And then he said he'd been anointed by the Spirit to live supernaturally. But it looked very earthy. The way he describes it, it's very, very earthy. Like sight to the blind, good news for the poor, to set the oppressed and the captives free. See the way that Jesus talked and lived and the miracles he did. It was like there's the natural, the supernatural world. They're made to be integrated together, but they've been torn all apart. So everywhere Jesus goes, he's sewing them back together again, reintegrating the natural and the supernatural. He's healing broken minds, broken hearts, broken spirits. He's healing broken legs, broken ears, broken eyes. And then he gives you and me the same Holy Spirit and says, I want you to go live super." Naturally, our functioning kind of working definition for living supernaturally has just been this, that, re, that living supernaturally is just reintegrating the life, the resources of God, his grace, his mercy, his truth, his justice, his righteousness, his love, and his power into our own lives and into the world. Wherever there's problems, opportunities, challenges, we bring God's resources to bear in such a way that God's resources, God's grace, and the, the, the dramatic, beautiful life with God, sometimes simple, quiet ways, sometimes beautifully dramatic ways, brings transformation to all these places. Now, this week we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to look at a, a passage of scripture briefly that talks about the spiritual gifts, the gifts that God gives all his people to be a part of his mission in the world and his work in the world to further his kingdom coming in the world. And then we're going to spend a significant chunk of time in prayer asking for a fresh work of the spirit in our lives. Asking for a fresh work of the Spirit, fresh movement of the Spirit in our lives. And we'll set that up as we transition into it here in just a little bit. But to start with, I've got some really, really good news about living supernaturally. It is not like elementary school kickball. Isn't that good news? Amen? Not like elementary school kickball. For those of you who don't remember the joys of elementary school kickball, or you blocked it out like women block out childbirth pains. Elementary school kickball worked like this. There's the two cool kids who are the team captains, right? And they're the most athletic kids. And in the first couple of rounds, they pick the other cool athletic kids. And that's pretty much what determines the game. And everyone else is filler. No one called you filler, but that's what you were. And some of you are still in therapy because you were the last kid picked on elementary school kickball, right? But the game was really won or lost on two or three players. Good news, living supernaturally is not like elementary school kickball. Living supernaturally is a call to supernatural community. Supernatural community, this is what that means. Supernatural community means that we're all invited to bring all our gifts to be a part of the mission and the work of the church. And no one has all the gifts. That's why you need the church. And some of you have grown up are thinking, hey, really this whole supernatural community, it runs on the gifts of two or three people and the rest of us are just filler. But the game's really won or lost by two or three people. And that's not how the scripture talks about it. The scripture describes the supernatural community of the church. It's a group project, a team sport, a family event. Everyone's invited to play, and we need one another to be a part of what God's called us to do and how he's called us to live. 
Here's my prayer. My prayer for the last six weeks has been, as we've been doing this series, my prayer for the last six weeks is that we would be a spiritually disruptive presence in Chatham County. That we would upend spiritually kind of life as it has been here in Chatham County and beyond. Because life as it is, is not full of God's spirit. Because the spiritual landscape in our community is not life-giving. It's not full of the spirit. There's all kinds of ambivalence and apathy about spiritual things. All kinds of people chasing other spirits that aren't God's holy spirit. There's all kinds of addictions across our community that need to be broken. There are curses, generational sins that get repeated over and over and over again. There's people stuck in human trafficking. There's people stuck in horrible, abusive marriages. There are kids who are exploited and trafficked. There are all kinds of people trapped in despair and hopelessness in our community. There's a demon of racism that's been here from day one that we're called to go up against and bring all God's resources to break those chains across the generations. And then there's all kinds of other lies that are all across Chatham County that people buy, including the lie of too much money, plenty of free time, and all kinds of things that dull and distract us from our need from Jesus. The spiritual landscape desperately needs to be disrupted by the good news of Jesus' life, death, resurrection. That's part of why we're here. But in case you're wondering, that's a big job. And can't nobody do it alone. And so he's given us each other to bring the gifts that he's given you to be a part of our community, being a spiritually disruptive force for shalom, health, wholeness, joy, peace, grace, the life-giving spirit of Jesus to come and transform our community. And so here's what Jesus does. He says, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit, and you the Holy Spirit, and you the Holy Spirit. Then I'm gonna give you to each other. And then he says, y'all, because Jesus loves saying y'all. Y'all, go live supernaturally together. Paul talks about it this way in Romans chapter 12 as he talks about the, the, the gifts God's given to us and the work he's given us to do together and collectively. He starts out with the individual you because there's a particular way that you and I can show up to each other in the community that might undermine the work we need to do together. Here's Romans 12 starting in verse 3. He's talking to each of us individually. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Rather, Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one of you. Have you ever been on a team that started out great, but it went sideways because someone made it all about them? Their ego, their agenda, right? And it kind of hijacks the whole project, the whole process. Paul here is dealing with or addressing that particular challenge of pride. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. None of you have, none of you have ever done that, right? None of you have ever thought, done that before? Instead, he says, sober judgment. Now, I want to suggest to you that there's a range of sober judgment, ways that we can see ourselves accurately, rightly. And there's a range of that, right? We can see ourselves accurately and rightly. And there's a couple of ways we can miss that range. We can miss it too high, right? Think of, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. That is, we can overestimate how awesome we are. And that can be a problem. That's pride, right? But there's another way we can miss that range, and that is we can aim low. Some of you are so full self-doubt, Self-criticism, self-hatred, self-disparagement. There's so many voices of criticism and critique that you carry that you pre-self-disqualify yourself from God's work before you even get started. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to step back, and I want you to conjure up the internal dialogue you hear when you think about yourself. Can you pull that up? How do you think about yourself? What's the internal dialogue? What are the voices in your head? What do they sound like when you think, when you think about your estimation of your own gifts? And here's my question. Does it sound like Jesus? 
doesn't sound like the voice of Jesus. It doesn't sound like a good shepherd who knows you better than you know yourself. It doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit who's come alongside to equip you. And here's a hint. If that voice is, if that voice is smug, self-righteous, and arrogant, that's not the voice of Jesus, not the voice of the Holy Spirit, not the voice of the good shepherd. If that voice is grating or sniping or critical and malicious and picks at your every flaw, that is also not the voice of the good shepherd, not the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you to push past those voices. If you can learn to push past those voices and start to learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the good shepherd, you're going to be well on your way to living supernaturally, thinking of yourself truthfully, rightly, with sober judgment. Here's who I am, here's who I'm not, and God loves me regardless of all the gifts I do or don't have. From there, from, from addressing sort of that don't overestimate how awesome you are kind of turn, Paul then turns to the we. What does it mean that we are made to live supernaturally together? Here's verse four. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I want to pause here. My friends, this is what it looks like to live supernaturally. And you know what? It's pretty earthy. It's pretty earthy, right? Like, be nice, be, encourage people. That doesn't sound like, that's not crazy, right? Serve, teach, encourage, give generously, right? There's only one thing up here that looks crazy. That's like super spiritual. That's prophesying, right? That's just the ability to speak truthfully often about the future, about what kind of what's ahead, right? Other than that, all of these are just very earthy things that the spirit then takes and infuses, has equipped you with, to go live supernaturally. Now, this list is not entirely comprehensive. Paul has several different gifts lists. He has across his different letters to different churches. So we're gonna gather these all up, and you got about 20 different spiritual gifts, right? And some of these are very, very spiritual. They look very supernatural. Some of them are super, super earthy, because here's the thing. These things are not at odds. God has made these to be integrated. The natural, the supernatural, the earthy, and the spiritual, all brought together, not in contrast, not in conflict with each other, integrated to go live supernaturally. Naturally, here's the list of about 20 or so spiritual gifts. One, administration. If spreadsheets bring you joy, blessings on you. I am not one of you. But you might have been given the gift of administration, right? Bringing order out of chaos. Apostolic gifts. These are people who love to start things, start churches, start nonprofits, start ministries that go and make a difference in the community, advancing God's kingdom. Discernment or distinguishing spirits. That is, not every gift is the Holy Spirit. Not every spirit is the Holy Spirit. And so we have the ability to discern when's God speaking and what's not God speaking. Evangelism, just spiritual conversations open up wherever you go. Natural and easily it flows out of you. Exhortation and encouragement, just be able to speak truth and encourage people with the truth of God. Faith, some of you have that great gift of faith where it just comes supernaturally, super easily for you. And you're to bring that to the church body so that we might share in that together. Giving, some of you give time and money. It's not, you don't even think about it. Some of you, it's like pulling like eyebrows and toenails to give, okay? But for some of you, it comes so easily and naturally. It's just such a great gift. Healing and miraculous powers. My friends, here's the good news. Jesus is Lord. And one day, everything shall be well in this broken and weary place. One day, all shall be well. And when we experience healing or supernatural gifts, it is a foretaste of what's gonna happen one day for eternity when all shall be well. 
Paul elsewhere writes that the miraculous gifts, the supernatural gifts, so the spectacular gifts are given so that non-believers might see it and go, God is really among you. If you're here today, whether in person or online, and you're not sure you're a Jesus person, not sure you're a Christian, so glad you're here, I pray you see something happen here that you can't explain, that you might know that God really is among us. Helps coming alongside others. This is a person who just loves to come alongside and help people. Hospitality, creating welcoming environments. Knowledge, gifts of knowledge. This is when the Spirit just gives you something that you can't know any other way except that God reveals it to you. Gifts of leadership. The Romans 12 passage we just read said, lead diligently if you have the gift of leadership. Mercy, people are drawn to people who are in crisis just to be present to people who are in crisis. Again, prophesying, be able to speak truthfully, especially about the future. Serving, just allowing you to step in and serve concretely, practically. Speaking in tongues, sometimes a foreign language, sometimes a prayer language, uh, all for the sake of sort of glorifying God, pointing people to God. And if that, 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 that gift is expressed in the community, then there's a gift of interpreting the tongues because we're here to serve each other and it's supposed to be furthering the common good. There's teaching and shepherding coming alongside people, ushering them to safe pastures and still waters, to the gift of wisdom, just the ability to gather together complex situations and distill them into something that is wise and true. My friends, if you're in Christ Jesus, you're up here somewhere. And not just once, like, like these, these gifts often come in clusters, these, these gift clusters where these things come together like co-joined twins, like serving and mercy often come together as two different gifts that are served together. My prayer throughout this series has been this, that some of you might discover gifts you had no idea you had. And some of you might have a new gift. Like God might just give you a brand new spiritual gift to be unleashed into the community here at church and then outside these walls to make a difference in Chatham County and beyond. And maybe, just maybe, that we might be the spiritually disruptive presence he's made us to be, that we might be the, the, the peace bringers, the joy bringers, the truth speakers, the inviters into all, the year of the Lord's favor, the kingdom that never ends, where God's favor is always available. A couple steps we got to do to, to discern and discover and work out these spiritual gifts. Just three things. One, discover your gifts. We talked about trying a lot of stuff. Try all kinds of things and see how the Spirit might meet you. Secondly, surrender your gifts to the Spirit because here's the deal. When you discover you have a gift, it's always tempting to use it for your own agenda rather than the Lord's, right? It's always tempting to use our gifts for our own purposes rather than surrender them over to the Lord's. So we surrender them over and over again, asking for the Spirit to take them and do whatever the Spirit wants to do with them. Sometimes asking the Spirit to sort of do a new thing with these gifts. And then finally, we bring our gifts to the community. God, how do you want me to bring my gifts into your community, your purposes? That could be in the church. Specifically, it could be alongside the church, parent church. It could be starting something new. But it's always being brought into the community of God's grace and God's people. As we move to our time of prayer in just a few minutes, one of the prompts I'm going to invite you to pray is asking for your gifts, asking the Lord to show you what your gifts are, or maybe you know what your gifts are and you need to surrender them or resurrender them to the Holy Spirit, ask the Spirit to do something new in them and through them, or maybe you need to be willing to sort of say, Lord, I'm willing to bring these gifts, they've been great at home and great at work, but I'm willing to bring these spiritual gifts and bring them to bear into the church community, whatever way that might look like. Jesus invites us to ask God for the Holy Spirit to ask for the Spirit. This is Jesus in Luke chapter 11. I mean, chapter 11, verse 11 says this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We're gonna take Jesus up on this invitation. Here's my question, my friends. Is Jesus telling us the truth? Is Jesus telling us the truth? Is God the Father really this eager to give the Holy Spirit? Is he? 
Is the Father really this good? Do you believe it? We believe that Jesus is telling us the truth. Everything he says about God is true. And here's why we believe that. Because God raises him from the dead. All kinds of people say all kinds of stuff about God throughout history. Only one has been raised from the dead. And so that validates, authenticates everything Jesus ever said about God. God says, yep, that's true. I'm going to show you it's true. I'm going to raise him from the dead, unlike anyone else. For he's king of kings, lord of lords, forever and ever. Amen. And so Jesus tells us some really great news. The Father delights to pour out the Holy Spirit on you. You just got to ask. So we're going to ask. Expectation without agenda. We're going to go to God, say, God the Father. Jesus tells us we just got to ask for the Spirit and you want to give it. Expectation without agenda. We trust that the Spirit's going to move some way, somehow. Some of you are going to have an experience with the Spirit in the next five minutes you've never had before. Awesome. Others of you, some seeds are going to be watered or planted that aren't going to bear fruit for a week, a month, a year, five years, ten years from now. You might look back on this day and say, God started something new or did something in me in that space. Others of you are going to say, God, I want the Spirit for this thing over here. And God's going to be like, nope, not that. This other thing over there. We're going to go and ask boldly for the Spirit. I'm going to give you a few prayer prompts that are kind of picking up different threads that we've talked about over the last five or six weeks. And then we're going to move to a time of prayer. The band's going to play some music in the background. And the prayer team is going to be stationed up front and back and kind of around the room. At several points in the New Testament, people either receive the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands or receive spiritual gifts through the laying on of hands. God loves to use natural things, normal people, to do supernatural work in people's lives. And so we're going to create a space here for you to receive prayer, to receive a fresh filling, a new work of the Holy Spirit in your life. In whatever way that might be expressed, whatever he might want to do in your life. I want to implore you to not miss that opportunity, a unique opportunity right here together for the Lord to do something in your life. Like I said, I'm going to pick up some, some, some prayer prompts from the last few five, last five or six weeks of this series. And I'm going to put it under the title, Receiving the Year of the Lord's Favor. Remember, the Year of the Lord's Favor, not just one year, but a whole, a whole uh, kingdom that's always open, always available. God's favor is always available to you. God is ready to pour favor into your life today, right here, right now. Are you open to it? You're ready to receive it. Here's the good news. You don't earn God's favor. Jesus already earned it for you. You just surrender to it. We can't earn God's favor. We just surrender to it. We just surrender to it. We empty ourselves of ourselves, and we open ourselves up to the Spirit so that the Spirit might fill us, the Spirit might, fa might fall. I'm going to invite you to pray along some of these lines. Here's some prompts, some ways you can pray. Obviously, you can pray whatever you want, but I'm going to help you kind of get kick-started here a bit. A few prompts. One, Jesus said he's come to set the oppressed free. Are you under any kind of human or spiritual opposition? Anyone coming against you? Anything spiritually, emotionally coming against you? Is there anxiety or fear or aggression or cynicism at work in your heart that you need to be set free from? You're battling an addiction. Maybe nobody knows. Maybe here today, right here, right now is when you bring it out to the light. Maybe right here, right now is where you start to get that addiction cycle broken. Some of you got sin. Just sin that is oppressing. You're hiding it, and it's, 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 it's oppressing your spirit, oppressing you spiritually. Today is the day to come into the light, walk in the spirit, and see what the Lord might do. Some of you might realize, you know what, I, I'm anxious, but so is my dad or my mom or my grandparents. Maybe there's a generational cycle here that needs to be broken. Maybe right here today, you're going to start breaking a generational cycle and not pass it on to your kids. Wouldn't that be a great gift to your kids or your grandkids to break a cycle that's been at work in your family for generations? Wouldn't that be awesome to break some generational oppression? Jesus also said he came to give sight to the blind for healing. Some of you need physical healing. Some of you need emotional healing. Some of you need relational healing. You've got family stress, brokenness, strain your relationships, or you need some spiritual healing from something in the past, some healing. 
feel free to ask for this. Yourself, go get prayer for this. Some of you need to hear the good news. Jesus has come to declare good news to the poor. That is that Jesus is Lord. And if you've never received that, or it's been a long, long time since you've received that, good news, the year of the Lord's favor is available to you. If you want to receive that good news, I invite you to go get prayer, be prayed for, to walk in the good news of the year of the Lord's favor, and to walk in that for the first time and the first time in a long time. Guidance. Some of you need some direction. You're at a fork in the road. You need some direction. Some of you need some guidance and some direction. Where might Jesus be nudging you? Might, might the Spirit be sort of inviting you down a certain road or a certain path? You're going to open yourself up. Say, Lord, I see the nudge and some guidance and direction or a problem I'm up against. Would you, get, would you guide me in the next steps? And then finally, anointing and gifting. Do you need God to reveal your gifts? Do you want God to uh, give you a new gift? Do you want to give a fresh offering of your gifts over to the Lord to be filled by the Spirit? Or do you just want to ask the Lord to anoint you for new work at home, maybe raising kids or, or at your school? You want to be more fruitful in sharing your faith with folks around you? Or you just want to be anointed to know the love of God, to understand God's wisdom and power and goodness? These prompts are going to be up for you. Feel free to use them or pray down whatever thread or track you want, to pray, you want to pray for. There'll be folks around the room who can't wait to pray with you. Do not pass up this great opportunity to get prayer from our prayer team and from the elders here in our community. One last story before we go to our time of prayer, just to, just to encourage us that the Lord loves to hear these prayers. I told you a couple weeks ago about a woman that me and a woman from our prayer team has been praying over before, a couple times before Christmas. And as we were praying for her, uh, she, she shared that she has her whole life been told she was a mistake and not valued and not loved. And she's been verbally abused and physically abused by her parents and husbands along the way. And so her, the thing that she comes to is, it's my fault, I deserve whatever I get, and she apologizes all the time. We're praying over her against those lies. We prayed over her for a long time that the spirit that lies to her about her worth and value would be cast out in Jesus' name. She could not say the words, it's not my fault. Like she couldn't physically say them. And so we're praying for her that she would be delivered from that, from that spirit that was oppressing her and, and holding her down. And then we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we're like, there's tears, there's all kinds of stuff happening in the room just over there. It was like crazy time. It was fantastic. I mean, like so much stuff, physical sensation, all kinds of things. And she left and she was exhausted, but lighter and freer. And I shared that story a couple weeks ago. And, and she told me afterwards, she's like, it's still, it's still happening. She's like, I'm a different person. She said, my, 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 my adult son was over last weekend. And he was just being rude and nasty and beating up on her because that's how everyone had treated her. That's what he saw. That's what he knew. She was the pinata. Everyone just beat up on her. And she said one of the holiest things she has ever said in her entire life, get out of my house. Literally, one of the holiest things she has ever said. Now, for some of you, the holiest thing you could say is come into my house. Right? That's the move you need to make. Some of you are all armored up and beating people away and stay away, stay away, stay away. Some of you, that's not the move you need to make. But for her, she was set free from the lie that she deserved to be beat up. She's filled now with the spirit that reminds her she's beloved, that tells her she's beloved, that speaks the truth of her about who she is. So now she's learning to live. She's never had a healthy relationship, hardly in her life, but she's learning to live soft heart, firm boundaries. How do I love people? How do I let them love me? What does it mean to have respectful relationships? That's how God designed us. My friends, the Lord's doing this already. Come be a part of it. The Spirit's already here, doing crazy things in our community. There's more stories. I can't tell you all of them. The Spirit is doing stuff already in our community. The Lord is here. The year of the Lord's favor is available to you. Step in, step in, step in. The Father can't wait to pour out His Spirit on you today. Let's receive it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for inviting us into the year of the Lord's favor, your favor. Come, Lord Jesus, 
we pray over this space. We just declare that this is holy ground, this is holy ground, this is holy ground. And we ask, good Father, in Jesus' name, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us right here, right now, in person and online. Lord Jesus, would you open up our hearts and our spirits to receive what the Father wants to pour out on us. New wine, new gifts, new freedom, a spirit of freedom to release us from anything that would oppress us or come against us, including the things that we have opted into that we need to be set free from, our, our own sin, our own darkness that we've gotten tangled up in. Come, Lord Jesus, set us free, set us free, set us free to walk in the power of your love, your grace, and your mercy. We ask in Jesus' strong and mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. My friends, this time is open for you to pray and to get prayer. I'm going to ask my, my, my prayer ministers to please come on up and be at the front and the back and available for you to be set free and receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit.